Hey there, beautiful souls. I'm Colleen Lockoff. And I'm Meredith Lockoff. And welcome to Spiritual Sisters with Sass, the podcast where two sisters with a passion for spirituality and a touch of sass come together to explore the exciting world of self-improvement. That's right, Colleen. We embarked on this incredible journey together, diving into different self-improvement techniques, yoga practices, and a whole array of life experiences. Yeah, and through it all, we've managed to create lives that are abundant, happy and constantly evolving. It's been a wild ride, hasn't it, Meredy? You bet, sis. We've got two very different perspectives on life, but that's what makes this podcast so special. I'm all about diving in head first into life's adventures and embracing every challenge with a bit of sass. Well, Colleen here, she's got her own unique approach. Yep, that's me. And I'm all about the yoga, mindfulness, and finding my zen. And together we make the perfect balance. So whether you're looking for some wisdom, a few laughs, or just some heartfelt stories, you're in the right place. We're here to share our personal experiences and insights with you, all while exploring the wild and diverse world of self-improvement. Grab your headphones and get ready for a fantastic journey with us. Spiritual Sisters with Sass is here to uplift, inspire, and keep it real. Thanks for tuning in, lovely listeners. Let's dive in spirit and sass. Here we go. podcast on um, relationships is I think what we can call it. Basically, in my coaching practice, I have had several clients um, coming to me about their partners. Um, and also, I had a breakdown call with my sister yesterday about my own relationship. Um, this really ties in personal responsibility. Um, yep. And a lot of looking at how we can project our shit onto our partners. It will tie in a lot of the conversations we've previously had on our podcast, including personal responsibility, including the ego and where our shit comes from, owning our shit. It's literally going to bring a lot of this stuff all together. And I love that about this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not going to lie. I really love when we dig in and Lynn opens herself up. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things. So <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> mine too you know, she loves it too it's yeah. her favorite <laughs> yeah. so yeah I guess I would say over the last couple of weeks a lot of my clients have been coming to me about their partners I think of one client in particular she said you know she came to me for coaching around her own stuff and she's like I'm so sorry all I do is talk about my partner the reality is I'm like, well, it's, it's fine. We're still talking about you. And a lot of that growth happens through you, you know, putting it on your partner. So this is yep. okay. It's exactly yeah. what we need to do. Um, and I would love to share some of the practices that we have done in, um, which we can even do on me. 
because yeah. of my breakdown call to you yesterday, that's really what came out is like, I'm so upset about these things. And yet when we look and dive deep down into it, it's all my own shit. Yeah. 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 A thousand percent. And that's the cool part about the things. And even in my life in dating and stuff like that, I've noticed that I used to be the person who in my past relationships, as well as in my children's relation, in all of my relationships, when I felt like I wasn't being heard, I would start to yell at people. I would get really aggressive and I needed you to hear my point of view. And now I'm legitimately sitting back and taking a minute. As soon as somebody says something at all to me, I stop, I get quiet. And I've noticed that people will say to me, why are you so quiet? And I realized that because I'm looking at me in the situation, because right now I want to blame you for something, or I want to, I want to point my finger at you. So I stop and I go inside myself and I ask myself some questions. Like, what is this really about? If I'm pissed off at them, what am I pissed at, pissed off at, about myself? Really? Where is my shit in this circle? And is it worth even having this conversation with the person? Because it's really my own shit. And that's it. Like the personal responsibility talk that we had so long ago was really about looking at the fact that these situations that we're in, in which we have an emotional disturbance or feeling or annoyance um, are things that we've called in to show us spaces where we can grow even deeper Yes. Based on our emotions and our previous training as how to express or emote yep. um, is how we often deal with those problems. So it's actually much easier to bypass all emotion and just blame your partner for everything that's wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah. On. I mean, let's be real, whether it's your partner or someone else, it's way easier to start pointing fingers at people. And I have to tell you that this is, I'm always looking at the three pointing back at me. Yeah. So instead of pointing fingers, I immediately stop and I look at myself so that I can figure out what the hell is actually going on here. Right. Right. So go ahead. No, sorry. no, you go ahead. Well, that was it. So my, my first client, the one that kind of started it, and then it tends to be like within coaching, it's always me coaching myself anyways. And yep. it seems to be repeating behaviors. So the reason that I have my coaching clients that they're drawn to me is because we're all in the same space frequency wise. And so we're yep. going to move through these things together. So it started with my client saying like, you know, here's all these complaints I have about my partner. And I said, okay, this is awesome. Here's what you need to do. Or, I mean, here's what you can do and we can work on it. I want you to create a list of what you want in a partner, not what you want your partner to be. This person cannot be your partner. It could be, but like you can't have them in mind. I want you to imagine you're single and you are writing a list that's going to call in the person of your dreams. Do you want me to talk about some of mine that I have literally on a window? Yeah, let's do because it. Because I wrote this in my dating profile or in my, in my dating, whatever it is in my dating, I decided I wanted to write down when I write things down, I'm able to really look at what I want and really evaluate what's happening in my life. And so a few of the things that I have is someone who makes me feel more loved than anything else and prioritizes me. Someone who is kind, generous, compassionate with solid boundaries Someone who is financially stable and intelligent, financially fit. Uh, someone who is physically active and fit. Someone who loves my family and his family, but can prioritize our relationship over that. 
someone who has good work ethic, but great work-life balance, someone who doesn't want me to dim my light, but encourages me to glow and grow because this, I got to tell you guys, I have been dimmed by many people in my life and I intimidate men. So they want me to dim a little more because I'm too bright. I want somebody who's like, oh, baby, grow, 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 grow. I love how attentive, like, I love how attentive you are. I love how your energy goes out. I get a lot of that stuff. So that was a major thing for me. Um, someone who is also doing this work on themselves, someone who can look at themselves. Um, I've also got someone who's willing to be vulnerable. I did originally have in here, and we talked about this, someone who loves me the way I love them. But when I looked at how I loved people, I loved people based on me changing them. I don't want that. I don't want someone who loves me to change me. I want someone who loves me. Now, that being said, I've also put in here someone that I don't need to change. Because the minute that I start to want to change you, I don't love you for you. And even in conversations with my daughter, when she was dating her boyfriend, I said, could you be with him forever just the way he is? And her answer was like, hard no. And I was like, then you need to go with that because you can't change someone else. He has to want to change himself. So those are some of the things that I've written down in this. And I do encourage our listeners to do the same because when you have a chance to write down the things that you really want in your life, you're going to accomplish those things. You're going to create those things. You're going to manifest those things. And those are the things, some of the things that I want to see in my relationship. Also, there's some hard no boxes for me. Like you can't smoke. I don't want you to drink because I don't drink at all. No drugs or alcohol because I'm just, I mean, let's also look at what I do for a living and I'm very passionate about it. Um, I'd prefer, so one that's a compromisable is I'd prefer no children or children that are grown, children that are over 12, but there's also the space where I have to realize that people my age also are having young children now. And I'm like, as I say that, my face is like, <laughs> so there's places that you need to have hard nose, you need to have compromisables, and then you have to have desirables. Okay. Right. This is great. Yeah. I feel like. And I also feel like we need to become the person you're writing down. Well, this is the piece. So after my client wrote down all of her, what she wants in a partner, I then go through the list with her. Now, please don't make the list based on what we're talking about now, or go yep. ahead because that's nope. what you're going to call in. Um, and you need to be honest with yourself. So you're going to meet yourself yep. where you've met yourself and you're going to meet others at the level that you've met yourself as well. So if you bullshit this in any way, it's only you you're fucking with. <laughs> yeah. Right. Literally. Yeah. So I asked her, like, she said she wants someone who doesn't drink or, or smoke. That's what she said. And I said, that's, I mean, that's great. Thank you for sharing. And do you not drink or smoke? And she said, well, <laughs> yeah, she was drinking and smoking more because he was. So she wanted him not to, but she did it. So yeah no okay yeah. next yeah. um you know she said she wanted someone who wasn't on their phone all the time and I was like okay awesome and how are you with your phone I mean yeah you can probably see how this went actually her own face throughout this this call was just like oh oh and she was calling uh -huh. herself out that's why I love this client very much and she was just like, oh, how can I expect him to be any of these things? Or even if I leave him to draw in, like, I'm I'm exactly what I'm pissed off at. And I want someone that's a level higher. But why would someone a level higher ever go for me? 
this, 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 this whole thing for me, because for me, this is exactly it. If you're doing the actions, like her calling herself out on this, like you're literally, when you're calling your partner out and saying, well, it's his fault that this is happening, his fault that this is happening or her fault. You need to understand that. Look at yourself for a second, because literally the reason you're pissed off is because you're taking, you're acting in the behaviors that you don't want them to, or you want to be acting in the behaviors that they are and you're not because you've set rules for yourself. This being said, in my situation with one of my coaching clients, I'm actually coaching her to keep her own side of the road clean because her and her husband just, they have so many resentments and they just fight and fight and fight that we had a conversation around, she said, well, I don't want him to drink. And I was like, okay. She's like, I want him to set an example for my children. I want him to do this. I want him to do that. I want him to help me with this. And I was like, I love all of this, but also are you not doing all the things? And she was like, well, and I was like, so if we worry just about you, you're the only one who can change you. So if you're the one who needs to have these conversations, if you're the one who wants to set an example for your children, if you're the one, you're the only one, you can't make him do anything at all. So you want your kids to see that their parents aren't alcoholics. You don't drink anymore. You want your your kids to see that your husband treats you well don't nag at him 24 7 have relationship agreements da, da 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 they've been doing this for about 10 days and he's freaking out more than she is because she's staying in her own lane and he's like it's like she doesn't care anymore and I was like no it's not that she doesn't care anymore it's that she's choosing her battles and she's changing herself when she sees something going on she digs into her instead of pointing fingers at you and blaming you and coming at you now she just starts to clean up her own side of the road and that's, so that's a huge piece of Codependence Anonymous. Not that I am a part of that. I've been privy to some of the, um, the work that comes with Codependence Anonymous. And immediately is you have to keep your own side of the street clean. That's it. Like all the things that we've just been talking about and sharing, you can't come at someone else because of the three fingers pointing back at you. Now, when you clean up your own side of the street, what this does to your own self-esteem and your own level up is it, it, you act as a role model. It always reminds me of the tarot cards, the tarot card, the lovers. I don't know if you've ever seen this and it's shifted a lot in more modern practices, but the lovers card in the original tarot there's there's two lovers and if you look the man is looking to the woman and the woman is looking to god so in the patriarchy is a a, a tear down of this but still the reality of of this like masculine energy being unbalanced and the feminine energy being a leadership energy through reception role modeling not through forcing and demanding and you know goal setting and um and ultimatums it's actually through role modeling because i had a client that did we did the same thing it was like probably a year ago and she still does some one-off sessions based on relationship and that is that she says things like you know i wish they would pay more attention to me i wish that they would take this more seriously and i would say well how are you showing up and she would literally be, well, he's being cold, so I don't want to be hurt, so I'm not going to put myself out there. 
So what we made an agreement with, I even had a client literally two weeks ago that we had the same conversation. I asked her, I think we talked about this because it was like, she had said, I want to be loved the way that I'm loved. And yeah. I said, and you just told me that you're being cold. And she was like, oh, so I am being yeah. the way I loved. I'm like, exactly, exactly. Be careful with your words. So with my other client, what we did was made a list, same thing of what she wants. And now I said, now be that. If you want him to pay more attention to you, pay more attention to him because she's afraid. What's this going to do? Well, who cares? Either it's going to show him the level of attention that you want as a partner. And if he doesn't give it to you, then this is, there's your hard nose. Yeah. This is very clear that, that you're not okay with this. You don't want to be with someone who doesn't pay attention to you. And now that your side of the street is clean by paying attention to your partner, you can come from a place of self-love, from yes. healthy boundaries, and from what you deserve because Personal you responsibility. Been, yes, stepping up so much in your own yeah. self-esteem, your own care, your own love, your own awareness, and the own, your own way that you show up that you wouldn't show up with someone who wouldn't reciprocate that. And I feel like we also teach ourselves that we can trust ourselves because we're constantly letting ourselves down. We're not accountable to ourselves, but then we tell people we'll be accountable to them. Well, how can you be accountable to anyone when you can't even be accountable to yourself? So if I say I'm going to show up, I need to show up. In Don, Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, it talks about the the outer world is a reflection of your inner world and we would never let anyone abuse us more than we abuse ourselves yes that's very eye-opening that means if you're in an abusive relationship you won't let someone abuse you more than you abuse yourself so let's look at some of the relationships maybe we have been in ourselves yeah you know and and then that people are in like if you're to the point where you let someone like physically touch you, if you let somebody gaslight you, if you let somebody lie to you all the time, cheat, whatever that is, you wouldn't let them be worse to you than you are to yourself. It's an yeah. indication of how cruel you are in here. Yes. And yeah. I often will say like, I am my own worst critic when it comes to anything. Whereas, and I, I ask myself this, when I'm experiencing something where I feel like I should beat myself up or I'm just automatically beating myself up, I'll start asking myself, like, would I talk to my best friend like this? Because right. there's no way I would. So why am I allowing myself to speak to myself like this? It's not okay. No more of this. Have some compassion because I would have compassion with her. Whereas for me, it's just, I should know better. You should be doing better. Well, you can't do better or know better if you don't know better. Right. And, the and so the I universe is... The universe is providing you with the opportunity to like, know better. Yes. <laughs> oh shit. A you look around percent. and people are being assholes. That's all you got. They're an asshole. They're an asshole. They're an asshole. I'm an asshole to myself. You know, yep. when it becomes the hardest one to figure out like, what is it that's upsetting? I always say, take this now do this. I had a negative reaction to you blank, whoever it is, your partner that you're mad at someone you got in an argument with at work. I had a negative reaction to you blank. What's their name? I experienced you as blank, blank, and blank. Three descriptive words to tell me their behavior. Okay? So whatever. Aggressive, mean, and um, childish. I, I think I did this yesterday on Insight Timer for a lecture. 
So now, okay, great. Now you know, how are you showing up those ways? And a lot of people are like, I'm not. It's like, okay, cool. Then you know what? This is all bullshit. Don't worry about it. You go on your way. You're doing so great. Yeah. <laughs> See, and this, this for me is the book by Byron Katie, Loving What Is. Because okay. her, the way she does it, I love the way you're doing it. The way she does it is judge your neighbor, write it down, ask four questions, turn it around. So that's her like little rhyme for you to remember how to do this little practice that she has. And so the write down your judgment. So for every sentence that you do, you're going to take these four questions and then you're going to turn it around. So the, um, the first question is, is it true? So I'm just going to say that let's go with some shit that happened with us in our conversation yesterday. Um, so my, say my boyfriend, um, does behaviors that are unhealthy. So is it true? Yeah, it's true. But let's actually, let's do a different one because this one for me was a hard, this was a good one for me when I did it based on mom and it really helped me to like, look at my own shit. So I wrote down, my mom abused me because she didn't love me. So is it true? So I was like, at first I'm like, well, yeah, cause she did abuse me and it did feel like she didn't love me. But the second question is, is it really true? And if I were talking to anybody else about their parent or about being a parent, my answer is if your mom grew you in her belly, there's no way she doesn't love you. She may not love you the way you want her to love you. She may not be capable of loving you in certain ways, but she does love you. So you can't change the fact that she loved you as best she could. So the, the statement itself is untrue. So then the next one is, um, so it's, is it true? Is it really true? How do you feel? No, what do you, yeah. How do you feel when you believe the thought? Well, when I believe the thought that my mom didn't love me, I feel like shit. I feel unworthy. I feel like I'm not enough. And it like piles on then. Now the shame can just start its whole miserable little cycle. So for me, I saw how shitty it made me feel. And then the next question is, is there a reason to let go of this thought? So the next question being, is there a reason? Well, yeah, all the reasons I just stated in the previous question, I don't want to feel the way that I feel. I don't want to feel like my mom didn't love me. So those are your four questions. Now the turnaround is onto yourself, onto the other and onto the opposite. So for me, the turnaround for this one ended up being, it could have been, well, I abuse myself because I don't love myself. I mean, that seems pretty true, doesn't it? Now, another one though, that actually helped me move through this with mom was my mom abused me because she loved me the best that she was capable. She's not capable of more even to this day and that's okay. But for me to be okay with what happened to me, I had to get through this process of asking the questions and then realizing there was no, no benefit in me holding on to any of that stuff. So she did the best she could with what she had and I'm grateful that she did because I have a better relationship with my kids because of it. So judge your neighbor, write it down, ask four questions, turn it around. And the turnaround is always going to be onto you as well. Right. Because like I said, that one is, well, I abuse myself because I don't love myself. Yeah, absolutely. The majority of us, majority of us will say that it's true. So let's dig into you if you're open to it. And how your conversation was yesterday when you called and what was going on there and where we ended up with it. I mean, I think the, 
one of the biggest takeaways was that I was projecting so that I didn't have to be in my discomfort. That was my biggest takeaway because you, I mean, I appreciate it so much because yesterday, you know, I called and she said, am I your sister or your coach? And we both like knew I needed coaching, not just listening. And so immediately, you know, you were asking, well, what's going on? And then whatever I said, you asked me, am I doing that back? Like, why does this bother you so much? Are you doing that back? And so, you know, what came up was a lot of being taken care of. Right. Because we also 20 have to... plus years of not being taken care of and being so independent. And so even beyond dependent. that, like 44 years of just taking care of people, I took care of you and then Travis. Right. And then every partner that I've had since I've taken care of. And yeah. that's grown in different ways. Like, you know, there was my marriage, which was different. I mean, I, I there, it's it's probably the least traumatizing relationship um, up until now that I had because we were both so young and we were learning. And I think there was some genuine love there. Like looking back now, there was genuine love. And so we were just figuring it out. Yep. And then beyond that, I feel like was just like, oh, you didn't get it. Oh, you didn't get it. <laughs> oh, you want to do it again? Right. Yep. I'm like, oh shit. And so I took care and now I have a partner and I was even saying this to him on our walk this morning that is more of an alpha. That's the wording that was used. Yeah. And that means that like, I can't take care. Now that's not true, but like no, what yeah. we came with yesterday was I'm being taken care of. And that is, I, I've just never really been taken care of ever. It's super uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. Super, super uncomfortable. So what can and I do? Instead of and this took us a bit to get to, too, because yeah. it was surface behaviors that she was, like, going after. And, like, I just, it well, this is what he said. And I'm like, okay, but there's more to this than that. So you got to look at what you're coming at and then really dig underneath that because the surface behaviors, even then, were, like, even if we were to talk about that, it's it was more like she'd be like, well, this is happening. And then I'd be like, okay, and so you've chosen not to do that. So you don't like that he does it, but there's more to this than this. So where is it? And that's when we started to really figure out that like, it's her discomfort of being in the situation that she's in. And she hasn't been in this situation in a billion years, in 44 years. And even that for us, it was like 20 plus years because the last time she was in a similar situation was with her husband, right? Like, and that even then we were young, independent, but not quite as independent and stubborn as we are now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I'm not aware of the fact that I am incredibly uncomfortable. Instead, I can just focus on him and his behaviors, which are also important. We don't want to like totally say like I in the personal responsibility is also a balanced line of not just beating yourself up. It's not blaming other people for everything. It's recognizing yeah. your responsibility in everything that is happening around you. But yeah. it's also not going to like one of my trauma responses of like, it's all my fault. Yes. 
I'm and so bad. Setting your boundaries now. So seeing where your discomfort comes from, looking at yourself and understanding, okay, so there's a lot of my shit in this. What can I do to, because one of the things that I've really discovered with myself is I don't like being in trauma response. I really find it uncomfortable. I'm not my best self. I don't like that part of it. So how can we pull ourselves out of trauma response and have a conscious conversation with the person that we're with about how we felt with actions that they took. So like a great example of this is say, for example, like I share funny shit on my story all the time and I tell everybody, don't take my shit personally because it has nothing to do with you. And I had a conversation with somebody, I want to say it was yesterday who said like, it felt like that was directed at me. And I was like, okay, but do you want to go look at like, let's go look at all the store, all of the things I posted on my story. So we post it, I, we go and look, we look and I bring up the one and I was like, do you feel like this is directed at you? No. The next one, do you feel like this one's directed at you? No. Next one. This is the one that's directed at me, Marin. I'm like, okay, let's go to the next one. And they're like, you don't want to talk about that one. I'm like, not yet. Let's go to the next one. We go through, I probably had seven stories at the time. I had stolen a couple of years. I follow the, this hilarious, hilarious Instagram profile called this is why I'm single. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the, the, it's funny because the one I just posted literally said boyfriend tryouts tomorrow, make sure to bring your last pay stub and wear gray track track pants. Or sweatpants. <laughs> I find this shit hilarious, you guys. So I post this stuff on my story. And so we go through all of these things and there was two that this person felt were directed at them. And I was like, so did you notice though, that there were other ones that were very similar to that one, but the wording was slightly different and you took offense to only two because they felt direct to you. And they were like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, for example, somebody hates purple. And if I show up with purple, they're like, that bitch hates me. But I just showed up with purple because it's my favorite color. So it's really not about you at all. I posted that because it was funny to me. And the fact that you took it personally, I didn't tag you in it. I didn't send it directly to you. I didn't mention your name. I did nothing except post a funny ha-ha and you have taken it personally. So this is a great example of exactly what we were just talking about in the sense that our things are our own, right? That is their trigger on something that I posted because of a way that they feel I've made them feel or a way they felt in their past, right? Yeah. Right? When we were looking at um, my situation yesterday, another piece that really hit for me was you just said this, you don't like being in trauma response and neither do I. And yet when we're in a fight, we're both going to be in trauma response. So is it helpful to continue a conversation in that moment? Because that's not conscious. And I was like, yeah, but we have to blah, 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 right? There's my controlling, trying to fix the situation, trying to do my caretaking thing. And yep. you said, what would it look like to give some space? I was like, eh, like uncomfortable. And you're like, exactly. But like, what's that? What outcome is going to change? Right. And I was saying this actually yesterday to my client after our conversation. I said, the outcome is going to be the same. Either you're going to break up or not. Yep. <laughs> and is it going to make a difference if you deal with it in this moment right now? And I was like, oh, God, you're like, it's just uncomfortable. So you don't want to sit in it. You want to do something because that's how you respond. 
And that hit me like, fuck. Because and that's because of our own, that's our mom trauma right there is because if you didn't go say something to mom, you didn't know what was coming. Like, like a, a perfect example of this is when I was dealing with my neighbor in my office and I would come out of my office and like be looking over my shoulder because, and it put me in my own trauma response of my mom, because I felt like, I, I don't know if I'm going to get a two by four to the back of the head. I don't know if she's going to come running out and tackle me. Like, I just didn't know what was going to happen next. And that's the piece I think that we struggle to sit in is not knowing what's going to happen next, especially when someone is upset. And now we're frozen again, you guys. Are we? Frozen? It- uh, oh, well, your face is frozen, but you're, oh, you're okay. still talking. So okay. It was going, it, it didn't really, it was funny. Yeah. Was funny. I mean, that that's huge. And that is what exactly what happened. Actually, we had a call and then I had two calls right after talking to you. So I came back in, got on my call. It was a minute, like a couple minutes in between the, the, that call and the next one. And my partner came to me and said, can you talk? Like, I didn't say anything. I was like, and then I was like, no, because <laughs> I have another call. And then the whole time, just like, what, 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 you know, worried, of course, for the worst. And then when we had a conversation, it was a conscious conversation where both people owned their shit. And then well, and this also, this also comes to that having hard conversations thing where if we're in trauma response, we need to stop and agree to come back to this in a little bit. And with the way I am now, this is a great example of it as well, is the way I am now is I don't want to yell at you to feel just so that I can feel heard because what if it's not even about me or not even about them? And now I'm yelling at you to make you understand how I feel when really I'm yelling at you because I'm not listening to myself. Right. So sitting in my discomfort now, it's really interesting too, because we also seem to run very parallel on what's happening, whether it's the same thing. So I was sitting in some super uncomfortable, I can't control what's happening discomfort, not in a relationship. <laughs> My house had flooded. Relationship to life giving reasons. Yes, <laughs> literally my house had flooded. I had no water because we could not get um, water out of my house at this point. And I was like that for four solid days. And that means, and you guys, like, we don't realize how much we need to appreciate the things we have until we go through this. I could not pee in my house. I could not run water to get hot water because it would be bubbling up my toilet um, and flood my bathroom again, which at this point I have no towels. So I can't do laundry so that I have more towels. Like it just was like an ongoing thing. And I called multiple, multiple, multiple plumbers for no resolve for four solid days. And now that alone is a huge reason to stress out. Then on top of that, I've got all this other stuff and I have no control over what's going to happen. And I find also for me, it's, I don't know what I don't know. So I know nothing about plumbing. So now I'm stressed because I don't know what they're even going to find. What am I going to do next? Like, what is the step we take? So I'm sitting in my own discomfort, understanding that the universe is trying to teach me one patience to sit in your feelings, Meredith. My face swole. I got a giant zit on my chin. Like literally it was like, sit with it sit with it. This is a place for you to grow. This uncomfortableness is a place for you to grow. And that when you called me, I was like, well, I'm uncomfortable as well, but not for the same thing. So let's sit in our discomfort together because this sucks. Yeah. And that's really what it was. Like my, my ego is so Mm -hmm. incredible at completely bypassing feeling 
emotions. And this has been mm-hmm. my entire life. I have yeah. directed outwards with caretaking to deal with my own anxiety, <laughs> my own emotions or lack thereof. You yeah. know, I can be, I can be the emerge nurse in every situation where I don't have any emotions because those emotions aren't helpful when there's blood and guts all over the place, right? Yeah. I need to show up in a way to tell you, you need to do this. I'm going to do this. I do really great in crisis situations. I always say that, you know what? I can save your life. Like if you want someone there, you want me because I don't have a lot of like a panic reaction. That's just not even a thing. But then like that it's because I'm so seasoned literally from childhood to be like oh I'm not going to deal with the fact that I'm upset about the fact that I'm unlovable or I think that because of the behaviors of my parents I'm just going to take care of all the fucking rest of you well and by taking care of you get control of yeah and I'm right and that yes and that and taking action yep taking action and and that's the aggressive side of us that's like i need to do i need to do i need to do and one of my biggest lessons right now is sitting for one (laughs) and two is what would love do because i don't like my aggressive side i do love my assertive side because it lets me set boundaries it lets me hold my space it lets me make choices but i don't like when i get aggressive yeah. And so I've chosen that that's not what I want to do anymore. And I've asked the universe to support me in this. And in doing so, I now literally ask myself, what would love do in this situation? So I'm going through a couple of different things with various emotions and being uncomfortable and having no control. When we feel like we're out of control is when we want control the most. So for you, when you're out of control and someone else is taking that control for you, it's not even of you. They're taking control of a situation to help you. You don't know how to sit in that because fuck this. Let me just do it. I just know how to do this. And in this moment, you don't know how to do it, which is why they need to be there for you. Yeah. The universe literally won't even let me because this last week I went and did a retreat and then got incredibly sick. It was like enough, like no, like at this moment, you're not doing that. At this moment, sit down and shut the fuck up. And that's hard. I've never done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Literally ever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the piece of it too, is that we come in now, part of my piece of not, not wanting to change someone, or if I see that I need, I'm like, oh, I wish this would change about them. As soon as I think that, is this something that I could live with for the rest of my life if they didn't? Right. Right. That's one of my questions for myself. And in that, is it someone that I have to be, say, a a partner? For me, that's where it started. But now I'm seeing it in the friendships that I have. Right. Yeah. In my friendships, you can tolerate a lot more things than you can in a partner that you're with all the time. But where is your compromise versus settling? Right. Where do the two, because there's going to be a fine line, kind of like there's a fine line between craving and desire. And it's so fine line that you can barely see it. So is that the same in settling versus compromise? I've listened lately to this, um, to a few different things. And there's been a couple of studies done that women will say if they had 80% of a partner, would they be happy? Men said, fuck yes, 80%. Are you kidding? That's amazing. And women were like, "Mm, no, I feel like I'd be settling. And I'm like, Oh, 
Oh shit. 80% is pretty fucking good. So when I want to change someone, it's because I suddenly want control over how they're reacting. I also read this thing that said um, that the reason that we see someone else in their situation and we are like, basically have this opinion of how they could deal with it is that's how you would deal with it if you were in their situation. So you see someone's potential, but really you're not seeing someone's potential. Again, it's a reflection of yourself because it's what you would do if you were in their position. Right. Right. Or even so, what you think you would do. Yes. And so this still comes back down to your own shit as well in our conversation the other day about, well, what would you do? Because you are in that situation. Right. Are you doing the things that you say you want from this other person? Right. For everyone. I'm not saying just for you. I'm saying for all of us. It's, this brings up when you say, what would love do? Because that, that can be really difficult sometimes in the heat of the moment when someone else is upset or attacking, right? And we're in trauma response. What would love do is really important because one of the things that I will do is come in and just be like, okay, like, let's, like, like, let's just be like, not emotional about this. Let's look at this from a realistic perspective. Let's do this, da, 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 da. I call it emotional intelligence. A lot of the time it's bypassing my own emotions. Um, but like also, but anyways, a lot of women will say like, I'm sick of always having to be the role model. I'm sick of always having to be the one that comes to this person. And that's why I say like back to the lover's card of like the woman looks to God is because that is, I think, part of some of something that we have really signed up for being a woman. And when it comes to what would love do, it's not just that, like what would love do in this situation? It's also, can you love yourself? Like love yeah. just like be like, oh, let's fix this with the part with your partner. Love would also have a boundary at some point too, based yeah. on some of that situation. And what I did see yesterday was like a lot of my own growth in not just seeing myself as a piece of shit. Yes. Yes. Big time. Yeah. I feel like in our, in the, what would love do for me, what it brings up is what would love do? It's not about what would love do for me. It's about what would love do in this situation. So we're both in trauma response. Love would tell us to take a minute. Yeah. Right. If we're not in trauma response, or even if we are, can you back up and move yourself out of trauma response and be vulnerable right now? Instead of being in trauma response and being like, oh my God, you're doing this, stopping and being like, wow, hurts. Holy shit, this hurts. And I don't like it. And maybe we need to take a minute or holy shit, this hurts, which then pulls the other person out of trauma response. Right. I can help it so that you can both work through that. Mine, like we've talked about, when I get into trauma response, I start clawing at you. I want you to come back to me, come back, come back. And I've stopped doing that in a lot of ways with this looking at myself, right? I need to stop clawing because when I'm clawing, I'm not pulling you back. Right. I'm making you want to run further away because my claws are digging in. Yes. Right? So what would love do? And what would love do for the person in front of you? And what would love do for you? Right. And I think to, I think this is a great place to kind of like come to a conclusion. Overall, it goes back to last week's podcast on vulnerability. Yep. Right. In order for us to move forward, to take personal responsibility and to grow a conscious relationship with friends, partners, and whoever our family members, we have yep. to own our own shit. We have to yep. look at things. And I'm just saying like, we have to, 
because it's an important part is like your life's not happening to you like it's not poor fucking you anymore you're an adult it's time to recognize that everything that's around you is happening because of you you've put yourself in this situation and i i'm not like being mean or like pointing fingers again it's just this reality of everything that keeps repeating is because you're not getting the fucking message yes it has to get a little bit louder each time if you want to listen until eventually maybe you can recognize like oh yeah that's right i'm in i'm waiting in fucking lineups i'm waiting for my water for four days because i have no patience and i've asked god to help me yep if you look at all situations around you that become difficult and look at that situation and say, okay, so this is happening for me to learn something. I promise you, your attitude is going to change because now you're not the victim in it. Right. And you're less likely to have to repeat that pattern over and over because you learned the lesson that was sitting in it in the first place. I learned that many, many years ago. And I used to, I'd be like, why does this feel like a pattern? Why do I feel like I've done this before? And then I started to look at it deeper and be like, okay, so if I were to sit in this and see why I'm doing this. Like, why did it happen then? Why is it happening then? Why did it happen then? And why is it exact same lesson, right? It's all right in front of you for you to learn. And if we can look at it that way, you're not the victim in the situation anymore. My sponsor always says victims don't recover. Mic drop. Mic drop. Victims don't recover. Thank you everyone for joining us and thank you as always, Meredith, for keeping me accountable and uh, committing to this, this meet. I think it's an important for my own growth. If no one, and for mine. yes, yes. If nothing else. And I hope that people are learning something from the stuff that we talk about, because I know I do as yeah. well. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us on this spirited journey today. We hope you enjoyed diving into the world of self-improvement with us. Two sisters who found their own unique paths. Remember, life is a tapestry of experiences and it's how we embrace them that makes all the difference. So whether you're on your yoga mat, exploring mindfulness or simply navigating life's twists and turns, always keep that spirit and sass alive. We are Kalin and Nerdy Lockoff and we're here to remind you that happiness and abundance are within reach. Stay connected with us on social media and keep those questions and stories coming. We love hearing from you. Until next time, beautiful souls, keep doing the work, keep sharing your experiences, and keep living a life that's authentically you. And never forget to add a little extra sass to your day. Spirit and sass, always. Oh,